Hello there, a bit Spursy listener. It's me, Barney. And me, Dan. And we are here to tell you some fantastic news. We have started a free Discord to which you can go on and chat all things Tottenham Hotspur and other related concepts. <laughs> yeah, to join that, uh, head to discord.gg slash a bit Spursy. That's correct. We also now have a Patreon to which you can pay for Spurs-related content. <laughs> and it sounds like a scam. It's not a scam here. It's, it's not a scam. We're not scamming. We're not scamming. It's, uh, look, we, we love uh, you know creating this podcast and there's a whole bunch of other things that we want to do with some streams, uh, some watch-alongs and, and these sort of bits and pieces. If you would like to help us out and support us there, we'd really appreciate it. We'll be able to create more Spurs, Spurs content and uh, sort of have fun doing that. So if you'd like to do that, uh, please head to Patreon com slash a bit uh, The more of you that are on the Patreon, the less time I have to spend in the coal mine, which is my job. <laughs> so let's get Barney out of the coal mine. And uh, yeah, all links can be found uh, on our website at abitspursy.com. I enjoy to, to see my team to play in this way. Tottenham topple the champions of day one. Hello and welcome back to A Bit Spursy uh, in a fantastic, fantastic week, Dan, uh, my fellow podcaster, uh, co-hoster. How are you doing? I'm excellent, Barney. Thank you very much. Um, it is, it's, we've turned into gentlemen now after this mm. result this morning with Arsenal losing. Uh, there's just, it's, the world seems like a lighter place suddenly, doesn't it? Absolutely. It seems everything, the colours are more vivid. Sounds, uh, the harshness of them perhaps is, is, um, curved, um, and smells are richer. Everything smells like, um, a homemade meal. It's, uh, it's uh, yeah. straight out of the oven. Just a beautiful mm. little pumpkin pie. Yeah. Mm-mm. God, I love that smell of cinnamon, <laughs> cooking cinnamon. Um, and uh, not only that is it's raining outside and, um, it's quite a big storm and, the whole Arsenal team is actually trapped out there and uh, they're being electrocuted constantly by lightning, um, which is even better, you know, while we're warm uh, inside our beautiful cosy home because they lost 3-0 and I just want to get this out of the way so I'm not thinking about it while we're talking about our game. Uh, it is so, so funny that they managed to bottle it that hard. I like, you know, there was lots of chatter about like, oh God, we're going to wait for Arsenal. What are they going to do? We, you know, are we still going to be in the top four? Um, we got a good goal difference. That's important. Um, and then they go and lose three nil and pump, uh, that difference between our goal differences, uh, even further. So that was fantastic. Uh, definitely. And it's, yeah, it's like, we've been waiting this whole time in the position of like, okay, we need Arsenal to slip up at some stage. Because otherwise it's just not on our control. Like, you know, we mm-hmm. can, we could win every single game. And if they won every single game, they would have, you know, um, walked away with fourth. But now that we are equal on points and they still have a game in hand, but if we, but obviously we play them. So technically if we keep this up, if we both win all of our, well, if we win all of our games, they win all apart from the North London Derby and the goal difference, we just keep going how we're going with that. Then fourth is ours, baby! Yay! <laughs> and then next year with Conte, we'll crash out of the Champions League in the group stage. Um, but it won't matter because we will have the money. 
Exactly. That's fine then. That's totally fine. We can, we mm. can deal with that then. Um, oh, it's, it's just, it's just so good. Like this turnaround, it feels like it's, it hasn't happened quickly, but it kind of now feels like it's happened quickly, maybe because of just the shift this morning, which is like the turning point. Mm. Um, and I think, I think it was maybe on the broadcast during the game that one of the commentators said that Spurs have scored the most goals this calendar year. Um, in the league. So if we can keep that up, then we should have no problems with that whole sort of goal difference. Yeah. I, I listened to the Tottenham depot, um, and they, uh, did more research than we've done. And they spoke about how, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, they went through all the stats of, of the front line. So Sonny and Kane and Decky, and it's unbelievable. Like obviously being, you know, scoring the most goals means that they are likely to be very good stats. Um, but yeah, so fantastic. And it's amazing how much uh, the team has improved since Kulisevsky's come in. And we've got that third option who is uh, versatile and able to do different things and create new threats, which is sick. But you've got to remember, Barty, Conte was a back, didn't want him. He was a reject and didn't want him. He wanted <laughs> yeah. number Traore. That's what he wanted. <laughs> yeah, I'm so annoyed. I'm like, I wonder how those people feel when they watch Bendiker and Kulisevsky play now, because it's pretty obvious how good both of them are. And uh, if you were so negative about both of them as being rejects and he didn't want them and all blah 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 blah, like do you do you try and keep that agenda going? Um, because you, you can't apologize. Um, on Spurs Twitter, um, you just have to swing to another opinion. I think if you do apologize, you get sucked into a black hole, never ever to be seen again. So <laughs> yeah. you're never allowed to change your opinion at all mm -hmm. because they keep the same thing. Like all, and now it's like, it's instead of complaining about what we've done, it's now complaining about what we're not going to do in the summer. And it's like, to me, it's just absolutely Nuts that it's like, well, all right, I've been proved wrong about Kulisewski and Bentenker. I'm going to keep that quiet. Well, we better back Conte when it comes to the summer and we're probably not going to do it. Bloody Levy. And it's just yeah. like, it's like, it's just, okay, cool. Just They're always just going to find something to complain about. Even if like, the club got sold and someone else came in, I'm sure there would be, you know, problems then with the new one. Like it would just continue and continue and keep going. And I think that's yeah. why I have... Uh, as I've said in sort of previous weeks, I have, uh, you know, pretty much stayed off Twitter and it has been absolutely wonderful mm. um, to not just be inundated with all these stupid takes because like, yeah, we're, we're playing well, the, everything's really clicking. And now if you look at the team and you go, cool, who are we going to upgrade? Um, there are still definitely some positions, but now at least it's not like, well, apart from Kane and Son, anyone could go. Um we know that we've got some like some pretty world-class or very close to world-class plays in certain spots. Mm. And it's, um, it's just a relief now that we're like, Oh, great. We don't have to worry about another, another forward, another winger. Um, we don't have to worry about, well, I mean, we'd probably get another midfielder in, but we don't have to worry about, you know, someone who can do what Bentaker can do because he is just sensational. Yeah. He's phenomenal. Um, I, I liked what you said before about it doesn't feel like it's happened quickly, but at the same time it kind of does where it, it kind of felt like it was sort of like, uh, you know, when a, like a giraffe or a gazelle gets born and they walk straight away and it's all kind of wobbly and they fall over a little bit, but then all of a sudden they're running. That's what it, that's to me exactly what it feels like where we've kind of like stumbled around. And then since, I don't know what the, the, the turning point would be, maybe 
I don't know. But that's when we started running. Uh, fill in the blank with the metaphor, with whatever one you would like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think now if you look at it, the when we had that stumble around the Burnley result, and I think it was just after Man City. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I felt like because pre-Man City, we'd had a few results that also weren't great and all that sort of stuff. And then so when we had that little bumble, there was this you know, big catastrophe, oh, it's all over, all that sort of stuff. But now it's like we're definitely we're winning more games <laughs> than we're drawing or losing, and now it's like the losses are becoming a lot more minimized. So it feels like even if we do kind of slip up in the next eight games, which I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna drop points at some stage. Yep. Um, but it feels like that really is gonna be the exception to the rule and not a scenario where we're just getting out and we're you know, we're confused as to how we're gonna play each week. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, we you I, I hope we kind of get that consistency back where you know you know like to some degree about how we're going to approach the game um which if it's like anything like the Newcastle game is going to be fantastic um the way that they after we conceded um like to just score almost immediately and then come out after the break and absolutely cut Newcastle to ribbons was such a cool (laughs) it was fantastic it's so like not stereotypical if you think Tottenham of, you know, like weak underbelly, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, I was so impressed. Uh, <clears throat> definitely. And what you, what you um, pointed to there, I think is really important that that mentality of yeah, bouncing back straight away, because that was my fear when we were watching the game. Um, and I thought like, all right, we haven't, we haven't really broken through in this first half, but ultimately like we're playing much better than they are. And, you know, we're, we're going to win. Like we, we just need to sort of have a patience here. And then when that free kick goes in, it was just like, no, you come on. No, 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 no. The script is not allowed to go this way anymore. It's not allowed to go this way. Um, so to see the team just get hit back straight away, because I feel like sometimes if, if you go into, you go into like halftime and you feel like you should be up and you're down, it's like, it's a very different sort of halftime talk for both teams because Newcastle suddenly they're able to sort of go, all right, let's just sit back. Let's lock it up. Let's do this. Then we're kind of panicking like, all right, we've got to throw everything out there as, as soon as we can, but getting it back to one, one and sort of, it, it was, it seemed a lot more controlled. And mm-hmm. it meant that I think when we came out in the second half, we weren't really panicked. We were like, okay, cool. We just need to go out and do our thing. And we've got, you know, 45 minutes to score one goal. And then we managed to score four. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was very cool. As soon as the third one went in, it really felt like we broke, broke, broke their backs. Like it felt like we were, uh, on a roll then. And I thought a few more, uh, might come, which, but also you never know. Um, but they did come, which was, which was great. And to have five goal scorers, uh, none of which were Harry Kane, who still played really well is, um, a relief, uh, for any of those believers in the Harry Kane team. Um, it was really cool to, to have, have that. Oh, it's amazing. I, and I don't think, and I know, look, we played five at the back and in previous seasons we played four at the back, but I can't remember another game where you've had three defenders, um, in, you know, in quotes, quotation marks, mm. they're like score in the same game. Um, yeah. and it really sort of shows like, yeah, like we, we definitely have needed other goals to come from other players, uh, rather than just the front three. And like, if you look at, you know, all the teams above us, they have players who are scoring from all over the place and you'll get, you know, a centre-back who chips in with four goals a season or something like that. Um, but to actually see, like, you know, 
now Doherty's got a couple. Um, I mean, going back to the the Leeds game there, um, but to see like our wingbacks starting to sort, to see Emerson Royale, <laughs> yeah, to see him is like um, great because it's like I don't know if like I don't think he had a standout game overall in terms of like being brilliant or anything, but I feel like there were some question marks of him coming back into the lineup and being like, all right, how's he, how how's he going to do? Is this a possible still a liability that we have there? Um, and I feel just even for confidence for him, like just to get on the score sheet in that manner and, um, for the team to win, like it, it's, it's good. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah. I mean, he had a pretty good, he got sold out a couple of times by St. Maximan, but apart from that was, was really solid. And the the thing was that he'd get sold out by St. Maximan and then Romero would be there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, I cannot express how much I love uh, Romero, uh, nor how good he is. Like he's incredible. The fact that like we have him feels phenomenal. Like it's like, how did no one else pick this up? How did no one else realize that that this player was this good? It's uh, yeah, it's such a, such a swoop. It's great. Oh, definitely. And I think during the game on the, on the discord, on the match day chat, we were all sort of going and they're like, yeah, how on earth have we managed to get Romero? Like how it's so ridiculous. It's in like, I can't even express like (laughs) eloquently how ridiculous this is that like we, we got him and there were no other big teams who were like making a serious play for him. Um, because we've had like, we've had some great defenders over the years in the past 20 years, you know, we've had obviously like the great Lily King, um, Jan Vertonghen, Alderweireld. Um, I've got a special place for Dawson because he's just a nice guy, but he's definitely not on their level. But if you're looking at, you know, potential for defenders like Romero has the potential because he's still so young. Um, he has the potential to go on and be, you know, one of the best defenders in the world. And mm. it's like, I can't remember a time we've ever had someone in that position. Um, who's, who's like, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Like he's coming to the league and he's just a perfect fit for it. Um, and like you said, anytime St. Maximin got round Royale, which you kind of need to expect as well. Like a player like Sam Maximum, like that's his thing. Like he's so yeah. fast. He's such a good dribbler. Like I would, I'd, I'd take him. Um, <laughs> although I don't know where we play, but like we, you know, I'd love to have him in the squad, but um, he's going to get past a, a wing back. And I feel like if you're playing wing backs, like we can't just always expect that, like they're never going to get beaten. Like it's kind of why we have three center backs in behind. Mm. Um, but you're right to see like Romero just come out and crunch. Um, and I feel like it, it almost seems like the players, the teams and players that we're playing against, they're not used to being shown that little respect. Like when Romero just comes out and just eats them alive, it's like, they don't know what's going on. And they're kind of like, Hey, whoa, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're supposed to like, you're supposed to let me have the ball for a bit. And like, you're not going to dive in. You're not going to dive in on me. You're supposed (laughs) to sit back. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. It's like the the ball's gone before they'd even realized that they uh, need to do something with it. It's, it's awesome. Um, I think, you know, a huge difference is like you, I totally agree with you that with playing with wingbacks, they're going to get beaten um, sometimes. And any fullback slash wingback is going to get beaten by a player like St. Maximan or, or whatever at some point. Um, but the difference is having Romero versus having San- Sanchez there, which is like, what's going to happen? Whether anytime uh, Emerson's beaten, you're like, well, Romero's probably got this. Um, and he did. 
it uh, was uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, um, Sanchez would be the possibly the worst matchup I think almost in the league to play on someone like St Maximum because. Um, you know, Davidson's proved that like when he really has to turn and like his agility is a real kind of issue, like he's pretty quick when he goes in straight lines, but when, and, mm. and, and strong and he gets up and he, he defends well in that sense and headers coming in, he does a good job then. But as soon as he gets a player who can kind of turn him in and out, that's where like he ends up on the ground. Like, you know, what happened earlier this season in the conference league where that, um, I forget the name of the team, but like at the end of the game, they just kind of sat him down and scored like Gundogan when it was either last season or maybe the season before when came through and just like did a bit of a shimmy and then Sanchez just goes toppling over. Yeah. And so Uh. it's like, yeah, like it's such a big difference. And I think it shows you like Sanchez is a very kind of like two dimensional defender who would probably do a decent job at like a, a, a lower premier league team. But when we need someone or we want someone who can actually like, I'd say more dynamically defend um, and who also is just very comfortable on the ball and just loves dribbling forward and passing and all that sort of stuff, like that we just can't continue to have someone like Sanchez in the squad, I don't think. Mm, Yeah. Although we were saying very similar things about Dyer with like, oh, he'd be good at a lower table Premier League team. And now he is um, the beautiful centerpiece of our defense. Having said that, uh, the, that middle central defender is protected on all sides. So, <laughs> you totally. know, like he, he does get a pretty good ride. But what he does while on that ride is great. Um, he has been really good. And Davies had a really good game as well, obviously scoring. That header was amazing. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, he, a couple of tap, tackles he laid were really good. Um, and then I guess on that side as well, like Doherty, we've seen Doherty, Doherty play on the left previously and he's looked horrendous. And then today he looked like he always plays there. So, or not today, the game, <laughs> when the game was on. I'm still there. I'm still there. No, that's right. Mind. We will retroactively release this episode three days ago. <laughs> yes, two days ago. Yeah, yeah. So it all it all sinks up. But yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and I think, yeah, I, I take the point on Dyer for sure that we've, being more critical of him when he's playing in a two, definitely. Um, I would say that like he does have, I think, an underrated passing range and he is a very calm head in there. Whereas I feel like, you know, if you look and go, okay, could, could Sanchez play the backup to that dire spot? It's like, I don't think he has the composure um, to, to, to be in there. I think his Sanchez is probably more suited to just, Again, playing in a two or playing just playing in a team that's going to get a lot of long balls hurdled them and or a lot of crosses and sort of get rid of them. But yeah, I think you mentioned Davies as well, who is it's it's really weird. Like Davies is a player that gets a lot of I don't know if he gets massively criticized, but he's always talked about as like we can do better. Oh, he's mm. a nice guy, but eh, we can do better. But I think yeah, overall like this season, like he's he's played pretty well and it like. I can't remember too many mistakes. Like he's made a couple. I think earlier in the season against like Man U, maybe the first game we played then, we were a bit critical of him and his defending for a couple of situations. But overall, like he's been pretty solid. And whilst we we are talking about upgrading like a left center back, I feel like that's kind of only because we have Romero um, on the other side. So we just feel unbalanced now of like we've got this superstar playing right center back and then we've got this decent player left center back and it's like we kind of want them to to match up and for, form mm. this like 
you know, crazy, just um, incredible duo of, of and, and I've worked two world-class center backs in there, but I really, yeah, I really think Davies has been kind of flown under the radar with a lot of his performances. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think if you think back to, um, I think if you think back, that's a good sentence. Um, if <laughs> you remember back to when Mourinho was talking about, you know, the team's got to have balls and all this kind of like pseudo masculine bullshit. Um, I, I love your like mafia, like Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The team's got to have balls. Yeah, the team's got to have balls. <laughs> you come to me uh, without balls. Um, that was a terrible <laughs> reference joke. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, the the team does have that now. Like if if you're measuring the the balls of them, or or the like the I guess rather the if you're measuring their balls, um they've um they've grown. Like the tenacity of like Benton Kerr um, <laughs> wants to fight everyone. Romero wants to fight everyone. Kulusevski. I think one of the most surprising things I found about him is that he just doesn't take anything. Like he's so physical. Yeah, and um, will just run through players and um, isn't afraid to get stuck in. Um, and those three plus um, Hoibier, who we know, uh, he lives for, he wants to get a big head cut so he can wear a bandage. Um, that's his That's his goal. Yeah, it's it's like there is this um, whatever Mourinho is looking for, whatever that quality is, I feel like it is present now. Definitely. Well, and I think you're right. Like if there was data on, you know, ball size, yeah. Um, and like it, it would have definitely increased like, because mm, mm. it's, um, yeah, we've, we've talked like for so many years about like, you know, having players who just passengers aren't, it's not really the right word, but maybe, maybe it is in a sense, like they just kind of play and they ex- maybe expect to get somewhere just based on their skill in a sense, not to call them lazy, but, um, I guess just not great at dealing with adverse situations that happen on the pitch. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really what we have now. And we are a team that like, we're becoming a lot more physical. We're becoming a team that we're not really to like be messed with anymore. And we've seen that in this game when, you know, Benton Kerr fronted up to, to say maximum. And I saw clips going, Oh, you head it. It's like, come on. Yeah. That was nothing. And then Joel Linton comes in and just shoves yeah. Bentico to the ground. But Bentico, he doesn't sit. He just gets up straight away and yeah. goes back. And it's like we've got a lot of players now who are not going to get pushed around in games, mm. not get pushed around in, in in these encounters. And, like, remembering back to I just hate praising anything to do with Chelsea, but when they first started their disgusting um, purchasing of the Premier League in the mm. 2000s, like, they had brought in a lot of big, strong physical players and they were a very imposing team to play against. And like that, th- their physicality was just insane. Mm. Um, so I think yeah. now it's like, we're kind of, it seems like we are nudging towards that, especially with like the last couple of players that we've bought. Yeah, I think so too. I think there is uh, the increase in ball size is also correlated with the increase in uh, stature Um and yeah, well, I mean, it's such a good trait to have in a team that you support where you know that they're not going to put their tail between their legs um, if anything's to happen. Um, I feel like now that the, all, the, all that discussion around Pierre has just completely gone uh, missing all of a sudden, it feels like it's almost like he doesn't play for us anymore um, <laughs> like because he's just doing a good job 
And so no one's really talking about, it's kind of like when we had one Yama who was, was great. Um, but he wouldn't, because Dembele was there. So he talked about Dembele and how great he was. But Wanyama was a fantastic defensive midfielder. Um, and I guess similar to maybe less flashy, like you want to talk about Romero because he is a really flashy centre-back. But um, I guess in that role, you don't want to be noticing him too much because he's <laughs> just doing all the hard stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I think with um, with Hoybier, to me, I, I feel like it's it's been... It's been a little bit of a journey since we we first got him in because I think when we did get him in, uh, we maybe had expectations that he would be this, you know, star of the team or like he started playing well and then like our expectations kind of raised from that. And I think that that was very much a case of the fact that we just didn't have better midfielders around him. So we maybe started to rely on him too much and then start questioning him when, you know, some of his flaws would start sort of coming out. And I think what we're seeing now is a lot more of, of a balanced approach to Pierre. And we're sort of seeing that like, he doesn't need to be like the superstar midfielder on the team. He's just a, a very, very good player in our starting 11. And when I say role player, I don't mean role players in someone who comes off the bench and like can do something for like 10 minutes, but I mean, like he serves a purpose being in that, in that team and he does it really, really well. And now it's like, great. We're not putting our frustrations as fans that we have on other players in the squad or the lack of other players in the squad on Pierre. And I think that's what sort of, that's why so many people got on his back for a long time. Uh, but now mm. there's Benton Kerr and it's like, great. He's the player that we want to get the ball to out of those two. Um, and there's less pressure on, on Pierre now, but, and, but Pierre can still play a ball forward. He can still pl like play those lovely little chips over the top. Um, but now it's like, I think it's just a much healthier spot to be in where we can appreciate him for the good things that he does. And it's like when we're not wanting him to become, you know, the next like, you know, Balak or like SEN or like, you know, some just ridiculous like box to box midfielder. Mm, yeah, totally. Um, and a person we haven't mentioned yet, which I feel like we should create a segment. Um, I'm just thinking of this now. Uh, uh, four is uh, Paratishi. Um, if we could have some kind of Paritici watch, maybe an intro, uh, uh, piece of music. What's he been doing? What's he up to? Paratici. Paratici watch. He always does something completely batshit insane pretty much every single game. Be it you can see him in the background, uh, going bananas on the bench, or in this game where he had to get pulled away by the players because he was going so crazy at was it the fourth official or was it some uh, Newcastle I can't remember but I just the footage was very very funny and this was at half time right where there was that big yeah. like scuffle around the, yeah. the tunnel <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I love the idea of this Paratici watch as well because you know they've got like Conte cam um that Spurs always put up and it's kind of like it's kind of like where the connoisseurs who so it's like no we love the Conte cam of course that's great but let's just look in the background and we just want to see, we want to sort of see what Paratici's up to. Like what are him and Galini screaming about this week? Um, but yeah, I, like people question Paratici being down on the bench. Um, and they're like, he shouldn't be there. He shouldn't do this, that and everything else. And I'm just kind of like, why shouldn't he be there? <laughs> like, like what's the reason for us to go? No, no, no. He shouldn't be there. Like I would, I don't feel he's there. Like, um, you know, micromanaging, telling Conte what to do because Conte is not going to listen to him if he goes, hey, Conte, uh, Antonio, you should make this up. Like Conte mm. will be like, mm, screw you. 
um, yeah. in a lot more, you know, colorful language. Yeah. Um, mm. So I would prefer a guy who wants to come to work on what could be his day off or like he wants <laughs> to like get down and sit on the bench and like get involved and, and really kind of be part of the team. Um, mm. And I think it's like, it's, it's a lot nicer having that connection to the boardroom sort of there, as opposed to just having a big gap and a big distance between like, you know, Daniel Levy and the, the other executives and that. Um, so I, I'm all up for Paratici being there and I'm all up for like a bit of excitement and him just absolutely losing it. <laughs> I think you have hit the nail on the head there with like, you know, all the complaints about, oh, he shouldn't be sitting on the bench. It's a bad look, blah, 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 blah. If he does anything that Conte doesn't like, you can bet that he will not be there the next game or that Conte will lose his absolute nut at him and then we'll have a hilarious Conte versus Paratici <laughs> yelling match um, where I, I, I can imagine that it would be so powerful that everyone's hair around them would blow off. Um, <laughs> maybe that's how maybe that's how Conte got his hair in the first place. Um, so in but, the mid-90s, he had an early run-in with like Paratici as a young lad mm-hmm. and then just absolutely blew his mop away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The screams were too powerful. Um, I, I think maybe it might have been a problem and the whole thing's created because of the COVID protocols, but it might've been a problem when Nuno was, uh, in charge. And I remember feeling watching Paratici yelling and pointing and stuff like that, that I was like, I don't know yeah. if this is good, but yeah, now I, I think it's great. I think it's a really cool connection to have that he is there on the bench. If he's the person in charge of transfers and bringing players in and, and moving players on, he should be in that space so that he can make decisions um, based on being in the environment rather than, you know, this sort of external uh, viewpoint. I think I think it's really cool. Oh, definitely. And uh, you, You're 100% right. Because now, like, Conte's not going to phone up Heritage after the game. Hey, uh, Fabio, did you see the game today? Um, yeah. It's like I was right there with you. <laughs> like, yeah. I saw yeah. everything. I heard what the team was saying. I hear I'm, I'm across all of that. Um, I think you're right as well that like when Nuno was in, there was a power like mismatch. I'm not saying that that caused issues, but like I, to what you're saying, I think it's right that Nuno, the caliber of manager that Nuno was, was lower than what the caliber of director of football that Paratici is. Um, and now it's like definitely Conte is the superstar out of the two. So it's like, there's not going to be that, that any chance of like an imbalance going on there. And I feel it's like, look, that, they're just very, um, we've spoken before about, you know, Italians and the sort of passion that they show. And like what I've seen through my, my mom and her family, they're all in Italy, um, is that, you know, Italians are just by default, a lot more passionate about things. And like the way, what we think is polite to them, they think is ridiculous. Um, and so like, they speak a lot more like bluntly about things and they might shout at each other a lot more and it's not even a thing like I could see that, you know, there would, there would definitely be some conversations where, um, if you overheard Antonio and, and Paratici, like going back and forth at each other, you would think, Oh no, it's like, (laughs) this is, you know, this is about to just explode and something's really going on. And they just probably be arguing about like, you know, how much milk should be going in a latte and which as Italians, they'd probably say it should be an espresso with nothing. Um, (laughs) And it's fine. Like afterwards, they probably just go and have like, you know, I, for some reason, I think that they would like casually wrestle or something and like yeah. 
let out a bit of that frustration and then they're fine <laughs> and they're best buds. And then it, like, I, I feel like from what we can observe, like, I think to, to work really well with Conte, I think you kind of maybe need to have a bit of a similar personality in some ways. And you can't just be someone that Conte will just kind of walk all over. Um, mm. in that sense, you need someone who is going to sort of like, you know, show similar passion back to him. Mm, yeah. I, I think that's, you know, cause you'd think you'd want a counterbalance of someone who is calmer and able to, but I just don't think that would, that would work. I think you do need someone that's going to, going to yell back. Um, one thing that I w- should have mentioned earlier when we were talking about the Newcastle goal, so to jump back to that excellent segue, um, <laughs> is that, um, when uh, this is, you've brought me onto this from shouting and a lot of the time we've talked, we've spoken about, um, communication in the back line. And it's been a problem before and who's the leader and blah, 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 blah. Larice set up that wall really poorly. Didn't seem like anyone knew what they were doing. And then he should have made that save. Like it should, he shouldn't be letting that in. And he looked very frustrated afterwards, but I was like, this is more evidence to my, uh, hunch the issue is that Larice doesn't communicate um, particularly well, um, or something's getting lost there with him. And I just, I, I love him. I don't, I don't want to uh, disparage his name, but again, I'm just like, we need a different captain. That's not him, or definitely not Harry Kane. It just cannot be Harry Kane. But there, there should be somebody else that is the the leader. Because I think we've got better leaders now than him. Yeah. I, I, and he won the World Cup. I get that. I get that. But, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. No, that's fine. Like, we are taking pot shots here at a World Cup winning captain mm, um, mm-hmm. who's been a sensational goalkeeper for a number of years. But I do agree. Uh, it's mm. also very difficult when we we can't actually hear the goalkeeper that, that often, so we don't know how vocal they are. But um, I agree with you. I think that there's... Like Larice, I understand the keepers will make mistakes, but I feel like Larice is he 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 makes some brilliant saves. He still does, and he's still like a top class goalkeeper. But he does make some mistakes that you f- kind of feel like should be out of his game at this stage. Um, and yeah, like we know in that wall, like Dan Byrne was just like being a pest. Um, but when you look at it, like it was set up pretty poorly. Um, and like Larice could have got a, like he got a hand to it and it, it, that really shouldn't have been going in and to sort of show Newcastle, Hey, shoot this side because the, the, it was so close. There was no way that they were going to get the ball up and over the wall. So it's like, they're always going to go around that way. Um, yeah. I thought it was just a, a pretty poor goal to let in. Um, and I, I think you're right. Like, I think there's, there's going to be a time pretty soon where like the captain's armband needs to um, maybe head elsewhere, but it's interesting if Kane stays around and you give the armband to someone else, Kane's not going to be happy. About no. that. He's such a diva. Like underneath <laughs> all the, like oh, I'm English, I take football really seriously. And it's all, my whole life. And I live in a really ugly house and I do gender reveals. Um, like underneath all that, like there's just this like little diva. Um, like I want to be captain. I want to play every game. I'll, you know, like, I want to score the most goals, blah, 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 blah. I want like, every free kick. Ugh. Yeah, I want every free kick. Like, come on, man. Um, and I really, really want to preface yet again that I know that neither of us uh, 
have any ill feelings towards Hugo Lloris and acknowledge. Oh, yeah. There is probably a thousand things he does as captain that we don't see that are fantastic, and that's why he's captain. Um, but yeah, it just seems to be a bit of a trend um, with communication in the back line, what we used to be, and um, yeah, organization and stuff. I don't know. I think maybe um, what it, I just had a thought that like the first time we really heard Hugo come out and sort of not seem happy about a performance was after the, the Zagreb game when we went out when Mourinho was in charge. And I feel like maybe his lack of really interview in public interviews in a sense, like he's, he's not usually the player that the club are sort of like pushing out on socials. They're not put like, it's always, you know, so, and I understand as well, like from a marketing perspective, you know, who do they want to push out and, you know, blah, blah. There's so such a complex thing of what they're trying to do there. But I just feel like maybe as a club captain, we just want to see a bit more of whoever that is. And so that probably also comes down to like, that also probably helps him like form our opinion of saying like, hey, he's not vocal enough because we just don't see him being vocal enough to us. Um, mm. And you look at other clubs, like, you you know, um, you see like Jordan Henderson talking all the time. You see like, um, it's it's not uncommon to see these other clubs, the captains talking a lot more. Um, we probably don't see Hugo talk after that many games either. Mm. Um, and so, you know, who am I to question his like captaincy style? But I think that just as fans, especially with how much media there is everywhere now, it's like it would maybe just help if we just did get to see a little bit more of him and then we could actually maybe understand why he he has been captain for this long. Yeah, totally. I think it's uh, so telling that, you know, when we win, we, it's always Kane or Sun usually because they've scored the goals. Um, and then if we lose, uh, if it's a really bad loss, we have Pierre or Eric Dyer. And I just think that's so <laughs> fascinating that those two are the ones that usually are the ones being interviewed after a loss um, because they're both very articulate and um, able to, uh, like, you know, spin things in a way or, or, you know, whatever they want the club wants them to do. Um, but that should really, you know, apart from that, like that Hugo interview is amazing. Um, but that should be the captain every time, like giving that, uh, giving that speech. But yeah, I think you're right. I'd love to hear more from him. Um, the, the other big, uh, thing was I'd love seeing Stevie B come on and score. Um, it's so good to see him being used in a way that's like productive um, and that he's having like an impact, uh, on the field. Oh, definitely. Like, I know we've been talking like, you know, calling for a little bit more of Stevie. Um, and I just feel that, you know, he's, he's scoring, <laughs> he's scoring, he's scoring when he's playing, he's going off to play the Netherlands without playing, you know, top flight football week in, week out. And he scores three goals in two games or something. Um, he comes on scores here. Like, I feel like there was like when he missed against Liverpool um, the season before last um, and there was, you know, way in Anfield, it's like, we've got a chance to win this game. And he fluffed that. Then it's like, people just kind of turned on him then and thought like, Oh, he's got no composure. He can't finish this, that, everything else. And it feels like maybe it's taken this much time to actually really get that confidence back. But then at the same time, like to get that confidence going, we needed to be giving him more, game time and it's like i i also do understand we've got kane son um and now kuliseski but i kind of feel like we should be giving stevie at least like 20 minutes a game um and 
keeping him involved in that rotation. Because then I think as well, if we get to a stage where one of those front three do get injured, it's like, who do we want to come in? And it's like, we want someone who has at least been featuring. We don't want to sort of revert to like, okay, well, we've got to give it to little running man um, and just get Lucas running around all over the place and, and not doing anything. It's like, well, let's give, let's start getting Stevie some game time to also keep him interested and keep him, keep him around. Because like, if you, who do we play if Son or Kulisevsky are out there? Like, it's him. He's the he's the he's the standout player who's like, okay, he could come in and could do a job and score some goals. And I would just hate for us to like lose him at the end of the season because he wants to move on. And then it's like, all right, now we're gonna start this all over again. And we've got to find a player who can come in for Kulisevsky and so on. And that's challenging. You're totally right. And I think that I would be very surprised if he does leave because I think that. Conte's been very positive about him in the in the media, and uh, I think what would be said to him would be, you, "We will play you as the backup striker in next year when we have all the cup games and hopefully the Champions League. Um, if we want, if we can convince Kane to not play, like you'll play, and you'll continue to feature from the bench. But you know, like it's that difficult balancing act that we've never sort of been able to have, where you look at you know teams like." United at the moment or or maybe well Chelsea still um but hopefully not for very much longer um uh that they've got these players on the bench that could start but don't and then they come on and they are able to there's no drop off in quality it's like well this guy's just as good um yeah I I hope that we're sort of starting to move and like even like Lucas from the bench is fine like that's especially against tired legs, you know, we all know that's what everyone wants and that's how Lucas should be played. Um, I think it's a really good development to start having that those kind of caliber of players um, just sitting there ready to to come on. Yeah, I, I, I definitely. Um, and I, I hope you are right that, like, you know, Conte has sort of convinced, well, it's convinced Stevie, like, hey, there's a long-term plan here and, like, like, who knows? Like, we know how sort of methodical Conte is with everything. Like, maybe there are just certain players which he's like, all right, I want you to learn my system and I want you to study for three months nonstop doing this, reading this thing every day, watching all these videos, blah, 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 and then wait another three months, do exactly the same, do that. And then another three months, and again, again, just hit the books, hit, watch everything, do all this, and then you'll be ready um, to come into the system. So, um you know, I know people in general just pick up things at different rates and some people adapt to a new scenario and they can just learn something very, very quickly. Others need a, a long time. And I think it's like intelligence often, and I mean, you would have a far better idea of all this, but intelligence often kind of gets mistaken for if someone can't pick up something quickly. Um, mm. And I think that maybe there are just some players in the squad who just, it, it takes them a little bit longer. And also they have very good players ahead of them. So you know, Conte's always spoken of patience and maybe really it's like, we're going to see players like, like Stevie really sort of explode once we get through the end of the season and get a full preseason with Conte. And then maybe that's when they start coming into the system a bit more and they just look like they're sharp and ready to go. Yeah, totally. I think a lot of the time with this kind of, you know, like, uh, learning patterns and the way that Conte plays with automations, um, can that's a very quite a specific type of intelligence but also if you can if you have quite high intelligence and you're asked to play in quite a methodical patterned way 
it can actually be be more difficult than if you mm. were dumber. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's the case or it's just because Kulisevsky has been so good that it's like, well, you know, you can't not play him, um, which is a fantastic problem to have. Um, I've heard whispers again for like what we've had like five managers and every single time we've had a manager in the, this period, uh, there's been something linked to the press where it's like Harry Winks starting to look at other options. And it's every time I'm like, cool, man. Like, uh, cause you know, he does that. And then a month later he's like, yeah, I love Tottenham really settled. Um, yeah. And you're like, cool. Well, we'll just wait until you stop getting game time again. And then you're going to, uh, leak more. Uh, shit to the Daily Mail. I'm so sure that he is the rat. I'm so sure that he's the rat. <laughs> he very, he very well could be. Um, and I love the idea that he has. To, he also has to leak it himself. Like he doesn't have like a PR yeah. team who's like, yeah, we'll leak this for you. It's just so, yeah. like he's just sending like the Daily Mail emails from like Harry Eight Winks at Gmail dot com. Yeah. Um, just like, hey, what about? <laughs> well, maybe his email's like harrywinksfan at gmail.com or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. just hitting them up with things like that. Hey, do you reckon Harry Winks should be playing at other clubs? I reckon. Maybe run that mm. as a story. And they're like, yeah. well, we got nothing else. We might as well run it. Yeah. This is the usual level of source that we use yeah. for everything. So, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. The human midfield metronome at gmail.com. <laughs> He's got like 10 different accounts that he uses just to like constantly put this stuff out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, Harry Wiggs, just at the end of the day, just, I know he, he, he played a couple of good games for us, but uh, I mean, if you were his mate and Harry Wiggs came around, he's like, look, I don't know what to do. You would just say, mate, leave. You have to leave. Mm. Like mm. for the benefit of your career and to sort of keep going, we understand like, you know, you've, probably getting paid a decent amount and you know you're there's there's a chance of spurs winning something sometime soon but if you really want to like have a, a longer sort of career like you really just need to move at some stage soon before your stock just kind of keeps dropping because it's almost like every manager he comes in does okay with and then drops out of favor it's just going to keep gradually just deteriorating his value sort of over time and i don't mean value just in the sense of like us being able to sell him for a certain amount, but also value in the sense of like, you know, himself and clubs wanting him. Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, uh, you know, there have been a few like long running narratives that have split the fan base. One was the end on ballet thing. And then the other thing was, was Delhi. And if you look at how, I mean, obviously again, maybe he's being shafted by the fact that Frank Lampard is a terrible manager, but, I've watched games, you know, he either is on the bench or he comes on and is not good. And it's like, it's sad to watch because it's like, what, what's happened? Um, but also it's like very pleased we sold him at the end of the day. <laughs> well, I mean, sold him or got, yeah, got gave him away. Gave him away for free. Yeah. With it. It, yeah. It, it's very, it's, very, it's a very kind of weird sort of scenario, that one, because it's kind of like, Instead of selling you a TV, I'm like, look, take the TV. And if you watch 50 movies on it, then you can pay me for it. You're mm. like, wait, what? Yeah. If you decide you like it later, then you can pay. Otherwise we don't want the TV taking up space here anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, 
it is bizarre. And I think I read somewhere that like, even though like Vanderbeek was injured before their last game and it's like, okay, well, Delhi's probably going to come in in midfield and they chose to play like a, a center back in there or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really seems like, like, I honestly think that Delhi, his best move would have been to head overseas and like go to like Liga or something like that. Like, um, just kind of get off the radar a little bit. Um, Go play somewhere else, like, you know, rediscover the love of playing a bit more and sort of just maybe get into a situation where he's playing without as much pressure um, as opposed to going to, like, a relegation candidate. Yeah. Yeah, and a, a relegation candidate who hasn't been relegated in a very long – or never been relegated in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, uh, with a manager that's extremely ill-suited to playing in a relegation battle – uh, it's like, uh, yeah. I really hope they don't get relegated, but, um, also I want pain for Frank Lampard. So <laughs> look, I, I want pain for, for Richarlison. He's just an absolute yeah. horrendous, <laughs> I was going to say horrendous <laughs> human. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but like on the pitch, oh, I just cannot, yeah. cannot stand the guy. But yeah, I, it's like, I feel bad for Delhi if he suddenly ends up in the championship. Um, mm. Although I don't know, maybe they just pass him on to someone else. They're like, "Hey, you have this guy for free, and then if you yeah. if you like him <laughs> yeah. later, yeah, then yeah maybe yeah. give us the money." <laughs> um, I yeah, it really. Well, we obviously were very desperate to get rid of him if we pulled a deal where we were like, "You, uh, yeah, well, I mean, if you if you use him enough, it might be nice to return the favor with some money." Yeah. Um, but if you don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It just shows yeah. how dire it was in the sense of like we just desperately wanted to get his wages off the books mm. and then also save a little bit of face because I think, you know, a few seasons ago you were talking about someone who could have been sold for like 80 million plus, um, maybe mm. even a hundred million, like after his first season or two, like, cause it was like best young player in the world t- territory. Like he was at least in that question. Um, but yeah, for us to just go, and that's why I think like the up to 40 million, it's like, there's no way that like Everton are going to end up playing, paying him up, to, sorry, playing him up to the the quota that nets us 40 mil. But I think it was just one of those deals where it's like, well, it looks pretty bad if we just let him go on a free when his contract's not even up. <laughs> and so uh, it's up to 40, up to 40. What are the clauses on that? Yeah. Nah, don't worry about it. Nah, don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, uh, we'll just work it out. We'll work it out. You, he's yours now. Just sign this. Uh, and he's yours. Um, yeah. I think uh, not only was this good because um, Arsenal lost, but Chelsea got pumped as well. And fingers crossed that this is maybe the start of a slide resulting from all the um, turmoil around Abramovich and an owner and the the money thing is perhaps something's happening behind the scenes with the players. I don't know. I watched some of the game and they looked terrible. From the, from the like opening whistle, they looked completely flat. It was like someone had died. It was, it was really weird to see. Um, and like we're five points off Chelsea and do I think that we will catch them? No, but if this is the start of some kind of, uh, slide and they go on a losing run and we continue to win, it would be hilarious to end this season in third after (laughs) everything that's happened so far. Oh Uh, yeah. Most, most definitely like. In all honesty, the only reason why I hope Chelsea don't go on a super slide is because they play Arsenal, West Ham, and Man U. So mm. uh, 
I would still like them to beat Arsenal <laughs> and I would love them to beat Man U. And if mm. they could just beat West Ham and just, let's just finish, let's just kill that off. Like we don't need to keep yeah. this charade going. All right. Mm. West Ham are done. They're done. Could we find our last words? But I don't think they will be. Um, but I think mm. they're done. They're done. But Chelsea beat them and then lose to everyone else. Yeah. And then we're fine. Like even, mm. I, I hope, I hope Chelsea get to the Champions League final and then lose it. Mm. Just give them more mm. games. More games yeah. to pack in there. Um, yeah. and, and then, you know, keep going in the FA Cup. Like, who cares? Just don't win anything and just, yeah. I, I think it, it is nice to see Chelsea stuffing up a little bit. Um, but maybe just not too much. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah, get it together for those games, but for the rest of it, um, just be as self-harming uh, as possible. Chelsea, yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I the thing that I worry about is if they do win, uh, say they did win the Champions League somehow, or they won the FA Cup, the narrative is going to be like after all of the sanctions and all of the tough times that Chelsea's gone through, they've managed to pull it together and win a cup. And it's like, yeah, their owner was in bed with Vladimir Putin who invaded another country that's, there's no stuff. This is not a like they came through hardship. This is they are being punished because of that, and they have benefited from uh, this person's money for years. Like, I just am ready for that to happen. I just know. I, in fact, I know that they're going to win the <laughs> FA Cup or something, and then we're going to have to put up with. Ugh. Um, but um, hopefully, that is just a, a nightmare. Oh, definitely. And look, for so much talk of Chelsea too, of like being, oh, they've, they're this now beautifully run sustainable club with like this yeah. youth system and all that. And it's like, yeah. they just buy like all the youth and they like, it, it's dirty how they've done it. It's not great and yeah. to be cherished. Um, yeah. And also throughout all this stuff with the sections and everything, we found out it's like, no, well, Abramovich is still like paying a huge amount for their wages every year. So it's not mm. like it's, it's this beautiful like machine that they've finally crafted and you're like, okay, cool you know, respect to them for finally not needing daddy's checkbook. Mm. But it's like, he still needs that. And I think even, didn't they recently, like they appealed or like he was allowed to just bump up, like give them 30 mil or 40 mil to like keep wages going or something like that. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like I, I really just hope for the death of that club as, as, uh, as soon as possible. Um, mm. But I think you're right. We all they're going to win something. They're like the players will mm. rally together, feel they're being hard done by, and then they'll they'll win something for themselves, and it'll just be annoying. Mm. Yeah, it'll be so annoying. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see, like what happens at the end of the season. Like if the sanctions continue, no one buys them, and then all the players go bye, and then it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that would be fantastic. Uh, the Should we? Um, the last thing I was well, just going to add, which I think is. Also, another good reason why you say, like, it's probably good if they do go on a bit of a slide is that for a little while they were clear third. And then if they were clear third, we get to some of these last games that we're talking about where they are playing your Arsenal, your West Ham, your Man U's, and they're probably not as motivated because they're like, well, we've got third anyway. We can't catch second and we're too far ahead of fourth. So who really cares? Whereas now just being five points behind us, us and, and uh, sorry, us and Arsenal, it's like they're kind of, they can get pulled back into that fourth, fifth battle if they do slide. So there is definitely still motivation for them to to win these games. Like they can't just switch off yet. 
Um, so yeah, I think like a part of that slide has been good to draw them back into that. And whilst it seems unlikely, like you said, that we'll catch them, um, there's just that there's still that little, what if, <laughs> what if they have a few bad results? Like where, where they're knocking at the door. Yeah, totally. Totally. Should we, um, get on to the Abitsbursey medal votes for this week? Yes, yes, yes. Um, are you ready to go or would you like me to go? What would you, what would you like to happen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like as we're into the business end of the, uh, <laughs> business end of the pod. It's like we've the producers mm. are telling us to wrap this up and yeah. <laughs> all the sponsors like, come on, it's, it's done. You don't need to keep this going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> End this bit, please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, go back to talking about Enyo. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm happy to, to give mine. I can, I can right. take it off. Um, I'm going to give, um, three to Romero. Right. Um, we spoke about him enough. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. And I just cannot believe, I just, <laughs> every, I, I just cannot believe that we have him. It's ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. but so many beautifully timed tackles. Like it was, oh, it was just a great performance from him. And really like St. Maximum got to, was kind of taken out of the game. Um, two, I think I'm going to give two to Kane. Um, cause I think even though he didn't score, he was, he did sort of like start piping up a bit in the second half. And, um, I think was involved in a lot of our sort of driving forward and, um, yeah, it's interesting. I looked, I think he's got 12 goals this season and the lowest he's had since his breakout for us was a couple of seasons ago when I think he had 17. Um, wow. so I wonder, like, it's going to, I think it's going to be tough for him to score another eight in the remaining eight games to, to break the 20 mark. Um, but yeah, we like, would Kane trade that for us finishing champions league? You'd say yes. Um, mm. so it's just, it's just an interesting thing to see Kane, not as a prolific goal scorer, um, but the team actually playing better. <laughs> and mm. um and having better results there. So yeah, two two to Kane. Uh I am gonna give one to I'm gonna give it to just the the Irish spear. Yeah. Um that classic symbol of Ireland, <laughs> the spear. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> it came to me and I was like, what is an Irish th-? and it just <laughs> spear for some reason. Um mm-hmm. but Mad Doherty got on the score sheet and I think like he just cops so much, so much flack normally that it's like I just feel I feel a bit guilty. I just want to give him a little little vote in there, um, and then encouragement I'm going to give to uh, Royale, Son, and Stevie B, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I think that's it. I'd say no, no real negatives, um, because I think like there wasn't any. There wasn't, oh no, actually, wait, negative, negative five to Dan Byrne. <laughs> um, actually negative 65 to Dan Byrne, one for every inch of his, actually, no, that doesn't work out. He's like, cause he's <laughs> six foot five, but that would be like 80 inches or something. <laughs> negative 6.5 to Dan Byrne. Yep. Great. Great. <laughs> um, great. We got that. We got that. We got, we got that. Yeah. It all worked out. I think yeah. it's time for me to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I, I'm going to give, uh, three to Romero cause he was just a king. Um, I'm going to give two to Kulisevsky because it was so good to see when he got the ball on the wing, Newcastle were worried about Kane and so on, but they didn't 
ha- like they couldn't handle the fact that then there was another person that was dangerous and you could see their defense every time he was out was getting more and more stretched. And it was like, mm. they completely shat themselves every single time he was driving forward, um, which was awesome. And it's such an asset. And I don't think we score um, or uh, as many goals if we don't have that, even if he's not scoring the goal, he's still creating um, the panic in the other team. Definitely. Um, and then, and then I'm going to give one to Kane because he, he did play really well. Um, bonus points, uh, Stevie B, um, Doherty, um, and Emerson Royale because uh, he, he came through. He came through in the end. Um, the giraffe began to run. Um, the, the gazelle, the cow, I don't know, whatever animal you want. Um, and negative votes, I'm going to piggyback on something I saw on the Discord um, from uh, Marty Mariner who who voted uh, negative, uh, what was it, what did he give? Your negative one to own goals who went missing today because we didn't we didn't get any. So I thought that was great. Um, so I'm going to do that. And, oh, encouragement award to, uh, lastly, Paratici, keep fighting the good fight, uh, keep screaming, st- keep blocking the tunnel. Um, we want to be offensive from all angles and from your position of the bench is a great, it's a great spot to yell. So well done. I was, uh, just to piggyback on the, on the discord there, we noticed Lazar did vote three for Romero, two for Romero, one for Romero. So I'd say it's pretty safe to say Lazar thought Romero had a pretty good game. (laughs) I think, yeah, well, that's, I don't know how we, like mostly the, the negative votes are the ones that we've gone bananas on. Yeah. But I think positive wise, we haven't really, like we haven't completely compromised the competition too much. Yeah. I, I, and I think it's like, it's, it's nice. Like, like Conte season gave negative seven to Joel Linton and it's like, yeah, mm. we don't like Joel Linton. Um, yeah, we had Joel Linton. But everyone's keeping like respect for the positive votes <laughs> overall. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's where the integrity to this award it's all the positive yeah. votes, but the negative ones, eh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, you can go. There are so many participants in this award. Like it should be just the squad, but there is, there are both um, tangible and intangible. There are ideas uh, that are nominees for this award, which um, I really like. I think we're really um, being inclusive to corporal and non-corporal bodies. So that's, uh, you know, that's something you'll only get here on ABS. Uh so please, um, if you love voting about um, ideas, if you love making <laughs> votes about the weather um, for a medal, um, to which I have no idea how we're going to tally it up, please join our Discord, join the Patreon. We got both. Um, it's a great time in the Discord. This is the worst ad in the world, um, but doesn't it have heart? <laughs> it's- <laughs> no, it's great. It's like, okay, the worse the ad, the the more likely people are like, oh, can it be that bad? No, surely it's better yeah, than that. <laughs> surely it can't be as bad as that ad. And then their expectations are low and they go on this, oh, it's, that's quite good. That's a genius level marketing for you, buddy, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I know you're the one with the expertise here, but I can teach you a th- uh, thing or two. I will sign um, up. I'll sign up for yeah. your masterclass, please. No problems. <laughs> no problems. All right, well, um, we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Um, and, uh, until then, uh, keep on, keep on keeping on, uh, and come on you Spurs. I've been Barney. I've been Dan. Goodbye. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook 
email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.
What's he been doing? What's he up to? Paratici. What's he been doing? What's he up to? Paratici.